Hello and welcome back to Football again from the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I am your host Adam and I am joined here uh, by the usual suspects, kind of, <laughs> in Armen and Chadens. Uh, Armen, how are you today? I'm doing good. I mean, uh, today is going to be a special podcast because yes. of the uh, topics we're going to discuss. Yeah, it's some uh, close to home uh, topics today. Yeah. Uh, and speak- different vibe uh, very different vibe a little bit maybe more somber but uh to kick it off let's go back home uh to our ancestral homeland of Hayastan and look at the Armenian Premier League standings the title race is really heating up in Armenia and we haven't had um a title race that's ever been this close we have Alashkert, Ararat, Yerevan, Ararat, Armenia and FC Noah within two points of one another of the top spot um and in the past few seasons we've kind of seen one team dominate it's uh armenia had their time when they started uh, prior to that i know uh, of course punic has had their very long periods of dominating shirak who's currently bottom of the table has led <laughs> their That's fair fun. share of dominating yeah so uh, Arma, what do you think about the armenian premier league title race uh, I gotta agree that it's very dynamic. It's getting very competitive. I think we all agree here about that. Uh, but what, like, the biggest difference that I noticed is Shirak, as you said, Shirak Gimri, a big team that of course got dismantled due to their last great campaigns. But even then, who would have thought they would be 10 points behind the second to last? Yeah, it's kind of it's crazy, and I know I think I posted this on uh, I posted this exact table screenshot that we have on like our our shared doc on Reddit, and someone had asked uh, I guess someone who's trying to get into football and is is Armenian and lives in Armenia, so and he was asking me what happened, what went wrong, like why does Shidok suck? Um, and I explained to him. Yeah, I said they the uh, I said long story short. You look at just, I'm not even talking about their players, but if you look at the stats, they are scoring less than a goal a game on average, and they're conceding on average more than two goals a game. So every game, they're losing 0.5 to two (laughs) And if you think about it, I mean, they got dismantled, and I mean, it's their fault in the end, not like now disrespect because they're a big team, they're they're giants in Armenia, but they didn't have any backup plans for it. Got it, getting dismantled. Yeah, and, and if it wasn't for the uh, you know, unfortunate circumstances around Kanzasar, uh, mm-hmm. we could have really had a very heated uh, bottom relegation battle. Uh, but, of course, that's not going to happen. So maybe there is some slight relief there on Shidok's end. But, uh, Chadens, why don't you give us your thoughts on the APL? I have to admit that, personally, I don't follow much of the APL. But lately I have been and we're seeing a lot of action going on around the league. It is not only fun to see a lot of goals being scored, but scoring goals also creates a sense of uh, competitive environment. All right, then. I guess we can go over the V-Bet Armenia semifinals. Armen, how did FC Noah and Alashkep go? They drew 1-1. I mean, uh, look at the, the, the APL tables, too, and... They're, the four semifinalist teams are the four top teams in the APL. Alashkert mm-hmm. and Noah tied 1-1, one, one, 
And the second game was Ararat Yerevan, the, the clash of the Ararats, uh, if you will. Stupid mm-hmm. joke. Ararat Yerevan beat Ararat Armenia 2-0. And that was actually the interesting uh, result for me. But, you know, you know everything, I, everything is to, to be played here. I caught the second half of that game. Uh, and I was, like, very pleasantly surprised at how well Ararat Yerevan was performing. Vardan Bichakchan, of course, is managing them right now, and he's been, he's done a wonderful job. I mean, it was a fantastic display of defending and counterattacking. Armenia had most of the possession, they had most of the chances, but they they clearly lacked um, mm. that final ball, and that's been their issue this whole season. And, and I think you know what? I'm gonna cut go- you in here, but. Ararat, we're talking about how well Ararat Yerevan is playing both in the cup and in the league. Well, mm-hmm. Ararat Yerevan, to connect to the previous uh, discussion, Ararat Yerevan has basically, uh, is basically the team that dismantled Shirak Yumri, both mm-hmm. uh, players and coach. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the success of Shirak <laughs> is living on uh, <laughs> it. in another body. Yeah, it makes sense. So, the... Uh, FC Noah and Alashkert will be playing their second leg on April 30th, and they're tied at one apiece. And Ararat Yerevan has a very strong 2-0 uh, at home, home win, advantage, uh, and they play their second leg on May 1st. And the finalists will obviously meet each other in the Armenia Cup final. Uh, I don't think it'll ever top last year's final, because that was one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. But if it's anything close, I think, uh, I think we can be happy. Well, that wraps up domestic football for today. Uh, but more breaking news. Zafarian, you love to talk about this guy, Armin. What's going on with him? He's, he's insane. What can I say? He's 17 years old. I cannot stress this fact enough. He's only 17 years old and making his debut season in Russian Premier League. So... Before jumping on to his, some of his stats, of course, some of his insane stats, let me hype him up by uh, quoting Andre, no other than Andre Arshavin, former Arsenal's uh, Andre Arshavin's uh, words on him. He is an insane talent. And by the time I made my season debut in the Russian Premier League, I was being benched all the time. I didn't know what to do. But Zaharian is already making a huge contribution to the league and can be even better than me in the future, of course. So, yeah. (laughs) And to back that statement up, let's uh, go over Zaharian's numbers. 519 minutes played in Russian Premier League this season so far. That would be like uh, six or seven games in whole terms. In those almost 600 minutes, he had two goals and three assists. That's insane. That's to, to, for you to get a picture of this. Of this, that is the equivalent of one direct goal contribution every 120 minutes. Insane for an only 17 years old central attacking midfielder, a playmaker. He's not even a striker or winger. No, he his job is not to to score. And he does it. So do you think, I'm just going to ask you point blank, do you think Zaharian is going to be included in Russia's oh, squad uh, for the Euros? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. you would have asked me, do you think he's going to play for Armenia? And the question for that, the answer for that question is, of course, no. Uh, sadly, uh, I think we all know here or get the feeling, the almost certainty that he's going to make his Russian senior national team debut anytime now. And mm -hmm. he's definitely going to be one of the youngest players ever to do so. Yeah. And it's, I think, obviously, it sucks that he's not going to play for us, but you know mm -hmm. what? Whatever, it's fine. Um, it's, he, hey, could, he, he could be washed up at 21, and, we'll, and we wouldn't uh, even miss him. No, <laughs> I mean, not, not, not even going there. Like, uh, seriously, like, genuinely, the same thing with Jorkaev uh, back in the 90s. Like, the better he does for himself, the better representation he will make for Armenia. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of Armenians, let's look elsewhere around Europe. Uh, we have a uh, Armenia 2.0, otherwise known as Kazakhstan, is back <laughs> underway. And um, Solomon Udo has been has been playing almost 90 minutes every single game. Tigran Barsegan and Haroyan have been playing. Uh, Bichakshan has been um, randomly sometimes starting, randomly sometimes coming off the bench with uh, MSK Jelina. And uh, Tiknizian registered an assist with CSKA, and he's getting a lot of regular play time. Um, he's one that is, I think, uh, teetering between maybe yeah. potentially joining Armenia, and I think it might really come down to whether or not he gets a spot at the uh, for, in the Russian squad for the Euros. I think, obviously, if he gets a spot, if he's in maybe even the preliminary 30-man squad that they announced uh, before cutting it down... Uh, I think we can forget about Tiknizian on it. That's my opinion. Um, what do you think about that? I think that it does make sense. Yeah. It's it's shitty, but, I mean, whatever. you, you got to move on. Hey, <laughs> he's got, probably going to make make it to more than one World Cup. So, if he's yeah, with Russia, of course. That's definitely true. It's it's almost always guaranteed with Russia. But, you know, if he comes place for Armenia, he can be part of a... Definitely extremely talented young generation of Armenians that probably no one saw coming except us because so, we're like obsessed. Anything can happen with Tiknizian really because uh, as we were talking about Zaharian earlier, uh, we know Zaharian is definitely most likely almost certainly going to play for Russia but mm -hmm. Tiknizian is more of a tips like it's more of a could go either way you know. Yeah I agree. Um well, speaking of moving forward, uh, amidst the European Super League scandal, which we will discuss in our listener questions segment, Henrik Mkhitaryan's Roma knocked Ajax out of the UEFA Europa League and made it through to the semifinals, where he'll be facing his former club, Manchester United. Ooh. And Arsenal are, of course, on the other half of that semifinal, and they will be playing uh, Valencia, right? And... Mm. Who is coached by Arsenal's former oh. manager Unai Emery? Lots of great storylines going on there. Uh, Roma have been have had a fantastic start to Serie A, and they have literally slumped dramatically. And I, and I think that a correlation that I had made was once Henrik stopped scoring is when Roma started to play poorly, and that has. Definitely been the case because uh, the other day they gave up a 1-0 lead over Torino and they conceded a couple goals and they've been letting leads slip left and right. How do you 
assess their chances against Manchester United? Uh, it's going to be tough, you know. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, and that's what that's one of my things, you know. <laughs> like, I honestly believe Manu is currently stronger than Roma, especially because Roma's defense is so flaky, man. Yeah, they, they have a lot our, of our defenders. Our defenders can play at Roma, and, and maybe not Mancini. Mancini is great, but Bruno Pérez. I don't know what the name is. The 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 Brazilian one, you know, that guy. Jesus, <laughs> there. I can't bear to watch him. For, I mean, from what I understand, they they have had a lot of injury issues this season. I think they're starting center back pairing. Uh, well, they play back three, so they have Ibanez, yeah. Cristante, and uh, and Federico Fazio. That's who plays in their back three. Cristante, That's I think so, he's so. a yeah, I think Cristante is a good a good center back, but I Ibanez and Fazio are, in my opinion, terrible. Ibanez is the Brazilian? Uh, no, Ibanez is Argentinian, I believe. No, I no, Fazio. Oh, no, he's, he's Fazio is Argentinian. Okay, right, yeah, I think Brazil. that's the one. I think that's the one I was talking about, the, the Brazilian uh, fullback that yeah. has, has to play centre-back, but sucks. Yeah, he was formerly of uh, Atalanta. He played a couple of games there. He was there for one season, and he uh, played a bulk of his matches for Fluminense. Interesting. Well, anyway, uh, hopefully Henrik Mkhitaryan can get to the final and uh, hoist the uh, UEFA Europa League trophy once more with the Armenian flag, but it, it's looking kind of unlikely. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into some rumors. Obviously, uh, we love some rumors here on Football Gantron, <laughs> and we will start with who has been our shining star for the Armenian national team, Tigran Barsegan. In an interview with former Armenian national team forward Edgar Manachadian, who has this fantastic YouTube show that you have to yeah. watch, he interviews like Armenian football players, coaches, uh, other pundit like pundits and other media people. Um, and he's like someone on Reddit described him as having like zero charisma. He's like the least charismatic <laughs> person ever. <laughs> it's, but he's it's really, really cool. Funny. Like uh, I follow him on social, and he's he's like uh, we were talking about Levon Bajajian uh, in a few podcasts earlier. He's like he has that chill vibe, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy going and stuff. In the in the interview, he he did an interview with Shahoyan, and Shahoyan is very much the same. Monotone, the no facial yeah. expression changes, and it was the funniest thing watching those I love two the, talk. Uh, I love the the birthday cake gesture. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was so cringy. Okay. <laughs> so in a, so in this interview, Edgar Manuchardan point blank asked Bob Sagan, "What's going on? Are you leaving? Or are you staying?" <laughs> And this is what Barzagan said. He goes, it's true. I intended to move to a stronger club in the summer. I'm sure of it. I feel like I'm ready, and it's time for me to grow as a player. That can only happen if I go to a bigger league. And I'm 99% positive that it's going to happen. Some unverified sources have linked to Tico with Spartak Moskva and Wolfsburg. Um, I, from what I understand, the Wolfsburg one was kind of BS. Uh, someone on Instagram had made it. And- <laughs> moved it over to Twitter, but um, he did also say in that interview that a number of clubs have already made contact with his representative, um, so there, the, the interest is very much there, but he said no concrete offers have been made yet, and of course, obviously, the window's not really open, so we are not anticipating 
um, knowing where he's going to go until until the summertime. Uh, where would you like to see him? I'm not saying a realistic, but where would you like to see Tigan Basagan spend his prime <laughs> in his career? Oh, so not realistic, but a wish. Ugh. Yeah, where, where do you think question. he would fit in the best? Like, where do you think he would be? He would be good. Well, I have a thing for PSV in Holland, mm-hmm. you know, and I think or well, yeah, he's that style. But if I'm moving up the scales of, of level and, and, and stuff, uh, Leon is a great option for him, if, if I'm being honest. And and if you think about it, like Wolfsburg is he's been supposedly linked to Wolfsburg and Wolfsburg is playing in a better, way better league than Lyon. So mm-hmm. why not Lyon? Yeah, and I'm looking. Uh, there's Lyon. There's uh, Monaco is another potential exactly. option. True. Uh, so and, and these are and they both have European spots uh, almost and, locked down. Yeah, and and Monaco is actually like a big team, almost as big as Lyon, that mm-hmm. didn't fare so well in the last few years. Yeah, and there's also maybe an Atalanta in. In uh, in Serie A, he has. I think I think he has a lot of eyes on him. I think he isn't gonna want to play in a former Soviet country. I think he's gonna want to move to like a proper top five European team because he has to take. This is probably the only chance he's gonna get, so he should take it. Mhm. All right. Well, let's move on to another uh, somewhat of a rumor, pretty much now confirmed. Uh, the Football Federation of Armenia is in talks with Sevikian, the 19-year-old winger for Levante. Um, the last time they named names, it was Spertsian, and that came to fruition, as we know. And considering Kapagos' remarks from the last month prior to this announcement, um, it basically confirms that Sevikian is one of these players. How would Sevikian's addition to the squad unfold? Hmm. That's a great question, because... Uh, I I haven't honestly I haven't seen him play a lot. I've seen his uh, La Liga appearances mm-hmm. off the bench, off the bench, of course. And based on that, like basing your opinion, my opinion in this case about mm-hmm. a player uh, f- from his benched, uh, like from his substitution uh, performances, is not enough for me. Mm-hmm. But I have the feeling that we have many players of his uh, qualities, starting with Shaoyan, like mm-hmm. right off the bat. You know, we already talked about him today. So why not? You got Shaoyan, you got your Bayramian, you got your, your strikers that could play winger. Uh, yeah. Orian and Bajakchan could play winger too, even though it's not either of their uh, natural positions. So I don't know, man. I mean, of course not going to turn a blind eye and, and say, no, we don't want you, but he's got a, he's got a stuff to prove. Well, yeah, of course. And, and, but, but here's my counter to that. He's been mm-hmm. playing for Levante. He's been training for, with the first team for a La Liga club. So that's better than 99% of our players week, day in, day out. He's training with some of the best players. So I'm not saying Levante is one of the best teams in the world, but I'm saying they compete in La Liga and they should they should clearly be treated as as such. And they are currently now ninth in the table, so it's not like they're a bad La Liga team. Um, no. He's made a couple of of appearances for the first team in uh, both off the bench. Uh, he's made 
a ton of yeah, appearances but, for the second team. But uh, he's disappeared off the of the first team if you think about it. Like in the first in the, the past in the last few games. months. Yeah, yeah. In the last few months, I mean, he's been disappeared. So, yeah, playing in Levante is great. It's not mm. gonna lie, it's great. Like one of the Macedonia's best players plays in Levante, of course. But uh, yeah. I think it's Bardi, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's Bardi. Uh, but on paper, that's one thing. Especially if you consider that he's not playing, and if we have players in the Russian Premier League, which is a great league, uh, very underappreciated, and that are constantly playing in Russian Premier League. So but look at it it's going to be tough. Look at it this way: we have Edgar Babayan, who's currently playing in Riga. He's going to be playing but, in Cyprus soon. Yeah. Would you rather? Would you rather have? Babayan, yeah. So who, who would you rather have? Would you rather have a guy who's in an yeah. maybe not getting as much playing time, but he's in La Liga or yeah. that. And, and you know? he's 19 years old. Yeah, exactly. it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, anyway, for time purposes, we'll move on. Uh, another <laughs> rumor, Gore Manvelian, who is currently training with the FC Nantes first team in Liga, um, has one scientist first professional contract uh, with the Liga side, uh, which we're obviously very excited and very proud of. And he was supposed to be called up, uh, as this was later revealed, for our national team World Cup qualifiers. But for one reason or another and some issues uh, COVID-related, uh, it prevented him from joining the team. But he is being called up, apparently, for the June friendlies. So that's another great midfield option <laughs> that we're yeah. suddenly going to have. And, of course, I think it's also a very good omen that he just signed professionally with Nantes. Yeah, and, and his numbers, like, if we're basing off, our, again, our our appreciations and assessments on numbers, his numbers for Nantes' second team, like Nantes' B team, were amazing. Like, he he was the best in that site, full with French stars and, and under-21 French stars. So I I think Manbelian is, is going to be better even than, uh, than Sevikian, but... We got, we're going to see that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, he is a Artsakhti. He's born in Stepanagert, so I'm very More certain. More coming up, yeah. I'm, I'm very certain he has a, a sense of high acetone to show. It's, yeah, it's it's a, actually, we will have to elaborate on him a little further when he when he's announced, because he's a very interesting backstory. Yeah, so suddenly we have Liga, we have uh, uh, Liga BBVA, uh, Spain first tier, uh, French first tier. We have, uh, you know, who knows where Chagoyan apparently is linked to Sevilla now, Barcelona, Wolfsburg. Suddenly all our players are just, except for defenders, are going to be playing in good leagues. Um, Well... Uh, that wraps up <laughs> the opening of the podcast. Uh, let's move quickly onto the Armenia women's national team. Armin, tell us what's up. Well, yeah, the, this is the main play, people. Uh, Armenia women's national team hosted and, of course, <laughs> played the first edition of a FIFA R game tournament in Yerevan, which had basically one group of uh, four teams. We all know by now. It was uh, Armenia, Jordan, Lebanon, and Lithuania, which is a good side. And uh, coincidentally, Lithuania ended up winning the tournament, sadly, with uh, seven points, getting two wins and only one draw against us. 
So that leaves us, Armenia, as close runners-up with five points, two points behind Lithuania. We beat Lebanon 2-0 uh, in the opening game. Uh, we drew, okay, we drew Jordan 1-1, and the second and last draw in the third uh, game against Lithuania 2-2. So yeah, why don't we challenge? Tell me something. What what did you think about the our game tournament? Well, the women's national team also became a source of pride and strength with their fantastic games, especially when they started with a win against Lebanon. Uh, the thing that caught my eye the most was the fact that the team is filled with uh, many young ladies, many young players. Uh, which is something that similarly is being implemented for the men's national team, like Spertsian and Shagoyan. There is like a parallel spirit going on, um, which also brings me to that picture that they uh, took after the games, uh, bo both squads, uh, with their celebrations, with their with a passion, with a passion on their face, and it's it's amazing to see. It's really fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for that, Chadens. Yeah. So the the women's team, I think, some great takeaways we can we can focus on from this tournament was that um, they didn't lose a single game, which I think is fantastic. Uh, one win and two draws is great. Obviously, uh, first place would have been nice, but I don't think there was any weight or any expectation, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we hadn't seen much from them last year. With all the COVID thing, but uh, yeah, that, I actually saw a lot of great short dynamic passing game, like possession football. Yeah, you know? uh, that's what I noticed. And in defense, much like Caparroso's team, which we know there's already a sync between the women's and men's national teams, they stayed surprisingly organized in defense. Uh, but let me let me go out of my way here for a minute and uh, highlight Annie Rugasian, uh, left back slash uh, winger slash everything. Wow, what a standout performance. We knew about Maral Arten. We knew about Olga Osipian, uh, the captain. We knew about Nancy Avesian. But I was amazed, like dazzled by uh, Annie Rugasian's play. Like, no one could literally no one could stop her it was beautiful to see yeah and i think uh i think it's great that a lot of the players are young i think there's a good healthy mix of uh i think most of the women's players come from alashket a strong core uh and then there's a plenty of diasporans and i think that they showed the intent to win I think they showed a lot of courage. I think they showed a lot of heart. And I and they could definitely be proud of their performance because this is a brand new team. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of players coming in and out as the manager's trying to figure out uh, who he wants to include um, and who is going to play where moving forward. So I think that we can take nothing but very good positive results away from this, especially considering... Uh, when you look at that final draw against Lithuania, who ended up winning the whole tournament, uh, Armenia was down. And it was, so it was a really good comeback to draw a level. And we're, we're ultimately very proud of them. Yeah, and, and we played half the tournament without Mara, so she got injured. 
Yeah, it, it, yes. So model obviously got injured, but d- despite that, I think the ladies played very well, and oh, yeah. um, hopefully we can have one of them on uh, for an interview sometime soon. Yeah, right? and, and <laughs> we definitely, we definitely are, are probably going to see that. Uh, and of course, I have to share your thought that uh, we're very proud of them. I mean, we all are here, guys. I know you share this with me, but. Uh, and also, as I said, we played without Maral half the tournament. And even then, we managed to make it through and, and in such a great way. That's, that's resilience right there. That's what we saw in the, in the men's national team the, a couple of days earlier. And that's what we saw in, the, in, the, in this tournament for the women's national team. And that's beautiful. Yes, so uh, the Women's World Cup, the next one, is going to be in 2023. And I believe um, Armenia is going to be taking part in that. Uh, Armenia is placed in pot six with Montenegro, Lithuania, Estonia, Luxembourg, and Bulgaria, uh, which is, I mean, we didn't expect them to be in any higher pot. They're in the lowest pot. So... We're looking forward to seeing the ladies take a really good stab at qualifiers. I believe the matches start in September, and uh, hopefully they can, you know, just do us all proud. We're not expecting them to qualify, uh, but we're just expecting them to show, um, you know, very good heart and play their hearts out, and which they have shown us every single match. I mean, we can't Man, complain. I mean, long-term project, baby. That's That's what it's all about. Exactly. Seeing the fruits of the labor uh, years nation, after the tree has been planted. <laughs> nation building. Na- nation building. I'm all about that. Nation building. Well, this is team building. Yeah. And uh, you speaking of uh, nation building, uh, Chadens, you wanted to say something. Speaking of Armenians thriving, we can't ignore the elephant in the room. The reason why we have so many diaspora Armenians joining the national teams is because we have a diaspora that's over thrice the population of Armenia and Artsakh combined. And the reason for that is one and only one, the Armenian genocide. There's a lot of links between the genocide and today. For instance, our national team of both men and women are now embracing all sorts of Armenians. And from the past few tournaments, we've seen a symbolic movement uh, in accentuating that tendency. After the genocide, Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of Armenians found themselves in different parts of the world like the USA, Russia, France, and the Middle East, Argentina, Greece, and many more. Now we are millions and all coming together to represent the homeland. Joaquin Kaparos has, as we all know, called many Armenians from the diaspora to represent their roots. And there are still many more to come. Eduard Spertian, Khorem Bayramian, Arshak Korian, Andrei Kalisir, Norberto Briasco Balakian, and many more players who are not representing the national team yet, like Nicolas Rossi, Masha Marashilian, and his um, his uh, his brother Diego Rossi, who will be representing Uruguay, and Edgar Sevikian, who we spoke about at length, uh, the Hungarian race center back Abov Abovian, who made his Armenia Under-21 debut last month. The, the list goes on. And no matter how far and wide throughout the hemisphere we may be, Nothing will stop us from coming to represent our country for the beautiful game of football. With that in mind, we have a few messages of our own that we'd like to share with our audience. Why don't we start off with you, Chadens? My message is that 106 years after the genocide, we are standing tall, strong, and proud. We are here because our ancestors survived. 
They made sure that their children would grow healthy, wise, and proud to call themselves Armenians. They made sure that we would never forget who we are and where we come from. We're also here because of all those brave soldiers uh, who lost their lives, who fought to keep our lands where they belong, and we are grateful for every single courageous soldier who is right now standing day and night to keep our people out of harm's way. We had a large hit in the uh, past couple of months, but our national teams of football have kept, have kept our spirits high. They have all inspired us to always aim high and to keep doing our best to reach the top. Well done to the management team who has put all the efforts to transform our football system. Well done to our coaching staff who day and night work on developing our players and the Armenian football. Well done to our players who work hard in training and every day go out there to give it their best they have got. We are all proud of you. We are all happy to watch you play. Armenia lives in us. Together we form one Armenia. Tebi Hachtanag. I want to connect life and football for a minute. I mean, we've seen how Turkish dictator, because outside of Turkey, we can call them that. You know, let's do it. Let's let's call things by their names. Uh, Erdogan is a dictator. And in Azerbaijan, Aliyev is another dictator. Brothers, brother dictators. And they constantly use sports, and especially football, of course, as a way of uh, whitewashing their image and, uh, and, you know, the atrocities they commit against their own population, but, of course, mostly against us, against Armenians worldwide, not just like in Armenia and Artsakh. But we all, we've all seen the Armenophobic spree in Europe, Russia, and in America last year during the war. That was all intentional. That was all ordered from Ankara. Aliyev funding Karabakh, you know, the, the, the team, Karabakh Football Club, to qualify uh, European Cups, Champions League, you name it, Europa League, whatever. Uh, they host continental championships, the finals that Mkhitaryan couldn't fly because we all remember that Chelsea thrashing Arsenal for one, I believe it was. Uh, that's basically what they do. They whitewash genocide. Meanwhile, in Turkey, Erdogan is, uh, was, was actually a pretty good uh, former striker, uh, semi-pro. He went semi-pro, uh, coincidentally. He's now powering Istanbul Başakşehir, the team from Istanbul, to push like uh, this sort of uh, victimization rhetorics. You know, that's the exact opposite of what we all know truly happened and continues to happen for that matter. So they tried to silence us. They tried to terrorize us like they did last year, using both their armies and uh, the fundamentalists from uh, Syria. I want to say the word jihad, that's what they did. And they failed yet again, like in 1915, okay? They did. They failed to exterminate us. They, they banished us, but they didn't exterminate us. And Armenians, like, we really just want to, we just want to live in peace, you know? We'll want to sing, dance, learn, develop, invest, produce. Uh, want to make stupid jokes like the ones I make. Uh, <laughs> we want to play football. We want to talk football like grown-ass men talking about football. That's what we want to do. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and but as long as there's someone trying to destroy us, we will hold on tighter. Mark my words. And you know what? We're already growing. We're already thriving. 
one look at the Football Federation Army and the national teams is more than enough proof. So watch us grow, watch us thrive. That's all. And uh, our Armenian identity is unfortunately shaped by the decision of the Ottoman Turks to try and eliminate our existence. The trials of our people began in 1915, but still continue today, as the world once again turns a blind eye to our compatriots being massacred and invaded. Turks continue to erase our culture and all aspects of life. The most recent victim, along with the thousands of young men and women of Armenia who gave their lives protecting our ancestral land, is football club Gonzasar Kapan, who is virtually erased from Armenian football as a result of the disgusting genocidal tendencies by our Turkic neighbors. For those of you who haven't heard of these events, and of those of you who grew up hearing stories of your grandparents would tell them about their parents had to watch and endure, the Armenian people will continue to show resilience and fight to protect our language, culture, and identity and land. As a result of the genocide, there have been a number of successful Armenians in football, such as Yuri Zhurkaev and Alan Borosyan, who won the 1998 FIFA World Cup with France, bringing joy to every single Armenian around the world. Or we could turn a lot closer to home and look at Nikita Simonian, who is arguably one of the best Armenian players ever to represent the USSR, or one of the best players in the USSR period. No matter where we are, we will never forget our identity. And I think this quote can never be overshared, in my opinion, because it's been said best. And William Saroyan said it. He said, go ahead, destroy Armenia. See if you can do it. Send them into the desert without bread or water. Burn their homes and churches. Then see if they will not laugh, sing, and pray again. For when two of them meet anywhere in the world, see if they will not create a new Armenia. And I think that just generally summarizes the thoughts, beliefs, and struggles of every Armenian person. And regardless of what corner of the world you're in, like Myself, I'm in Los Angeles. Armen is in Argentina. Chadens is in Cyprus. Uh, we still somehow found each other, and we're we're doing we're doing this show, and it's it's sad in a sense that we can't be face to face in our ancestral homeland doing it, but there is a beauty to it in that we somehow found each other. And we're able to, you know, share our love for Armenia and our love for Armenia football to the rest of the world. Woof. Wow. Jesus. <sighs> I know. It's it's a tough one. Every every year um, when April rolls around, it, it gets, it's very hard for every Armenian. But, um, right in the fields, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's Sorry, let's change. move on. Let's move on to our final segment. Um we have a few listener questions that we would like to try our best in answering. Uh, the first one comes from Nautic Ohajanyan on Twitter, who asks, uh, one, for our opinions on the Super League, and two, predictions for the Armenian Premier League. Uh, Chadens, take it away. What do you think? Well, the Super League is not such a complicated situation, but it is in terms of its ideas that are trying to be implemented. Um, however... I will simply say that it is unnecessary for many reasons. And as we are speaking, there are clubs already trying to withdraw, as well as players uh, standing up against it. The fans will always win, not the owners. It's all the money that's being flooded in. It's not 
It does not have to do with managers or players or anything like that. And as for the predictions for the APL, um, as a second part of the question, it's a tough one. Um, there are four to five sides fighting for the championship place, and it is really hard to predict. I would say that the current leaders, Alashkerd, will compete with Ar Ararad Armenia. Uh, plus, depending on the results with the Vibet Armenian Cup, I think it will impact the challengers. And we're going to see uh, different changes and different uh, uh, games coming up, different styles uh, as a result. Okay. Well, thanks, Travis. That pretty much answers it. Um, Alexander Kutakos on Twitter asks, has an Armenian team ever made it to the group stage of the UCL? Um, excellent question. Anaman, you have an answer. Uh, yeah, it's ambiguous. It, it's ambiguous. Yes, but not during sovereign Armenia, sadly. Uh, during Soviet years in the 70s, Ararat Yerevan would qualify to almost like several, I don't know if almost everyone every year, but uh, several years to UEFA Champions League. During sovereign Armenia, uh, after the independence, it's a diff it's a different thing because we're basically poor and FCAA Ararat Armenia came close, really close, two times in a row, uh, choking out in the playoffs, sadly, yeah. in the final game. That first one sucked, man. I was in Yerevan during that penalty shootout, and yes. I was that one. Like the last one, okay, whatever. Like we played Red Star Belgrade. They're like one of the, they're a sick team. They got really far in the competition. It would have like been that, very significant though during the war I and stuff. I know. It was so sh it was shitty. That's the only way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, you live and you learn. Of course. Well, thank you for the question, Alexander Kutakos, and we will be moving on to at Alki on Twitter, who is also a co-host of the Big Three podcast, The Greek Football Show. Check them out. Uh, he asks, how is Henrik actually rated among Armenian football fans like yourselves? Is he sarcastically hated by you guys because he's the only <laughs> guy people know uh, when talking about Armenian football and it gets old? Uh, Chadens, what do you think? Shout out to Hellas Footy and Big Three Pod, by the way. Um, in reply to Aki's question, we can admit that he's one of the best players Armenia has seen, undoubtedly. And this is not just because he has played in Europe's biggest teams, but because he has proved it as a player, as an individual. With that being said, not only non-Armenians, but most Armenians know and speak only of him when they hear Armenian football. So it's so yes, it's getting old, um, but. We want to explain to everyone who listens that we should not be labeled only by him. Uh, we have so many other great players breaking through the ranks. And by following and listening to Football Gentron, we want to share that with the world and help them learn about these players who potentially will be playing in the Army national team and who are already uh, playing uh, currently in the national team. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I guess what it's kind of a mixed feelings kind of thing with Mkhitaryan. I, I love him. I mean, I do love him. Uh, we all know he's a great guy in person. Like he's a great person and a, a fantastic world-class player. We all know this. Uh, I even have some like acquaintances and friends that uh, met him in person. So they vouch for that. He's a great person mm -hmm. argument. 
But uh, aside from that, yeah, I, I, the way this question has been asked is great because it keeps it real. Uh, yeah, in, in a way, he's sarcastically downgrade, downrated, not hated, because we don't hate him. I mean, I just don't think he's captain material, first and foremost, for the Armenian national team. And, and he's only basically getting the armband because of marketing reasons, uh, clear, obvious marketing reasons. And, and yeah, I don't think he's that most talented. I don't think uh, he's just the one that made it, you know. Uh, but many, many more are going to make it from now. And, and that's credit where Chris do. That's thanks to him. But, yeah, he does have a sad tendency to, like, choke and freeze for the Armenian national team. So, yeah, and and coming down to it, when we talk about you know him joining the squad in September, hopefully he's fit and healthy and ready to do so. We don't obviously like we know he's going to be a very good addition to the squad. You know that's what we say when we meet. Like the team's only going to get better with him. I think it had come down to the managerial merry-go-round. There was a lot of political issues surrounding football. The team mm-hmm. overall sucked. The team selection was bad. Uh, some players weren't selected on purpose or for or falsely framed of match fixing, like your Obsession was. <laughs> if you remember that one, that's a throwback. Yeah. But to, just to answer the question shortly, um, we all believe he is like the best player, but we all believe he has been uh, drastically underperforming despite mm-hmm. being our all-time leading goal scorer, and that's only because the threshold is already so low. Anyway. And, and and to be honest, like after most of his goals and most of his good performances and standout performances and standout seasons as a whole came during his early years until 2015, his last year, actually, his last year at Dortmund, after he moved from Dortmund, mm-hmm. Mourinho just, Mourinho just uh, wrecked him. Yeah, uh, that that was again another another emotionally. I mean, yeah, yeah, crazy. And and you, it's crazy you talking about Dortmund. I'm looking at the someone posted this, the highest scoring trios in the 21st century, um, and it's top 20. And Aubameyang, Royce, and Mkhitaryan in that 15-16 season is number 20 on that list with a combined total of 85 goals between them. So it he's up insane. there with yeah, he's up there with one of the. He's considered to be part of one of the best trios of all time in, in, in club football. So we're obviously very proud of him. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, um, Armin, you want to make some closing remarks? Yeah, maybe get a little less aggressive and more a little, <laughs> a, a little more touchy feely right now, because we all know that genocide uh, commemoration day is right around the corner. Uh, commemoration week is going to be an emotional week. For all of us, not just 24th of April. Uh, so yeah, I guess uh, anyone, anyone really, uh, if you're Armenian and want to reach out and want to be heard and want to talk to somebody, we're always there for you. You know that. Uh, and if you're not Armenian and you want to know more about what happened, why are these Armenians crazy, like shouting <laughs> and crying and angry, or why do we celebrate stuff later on in the year? Uh, what's going on with these people? reach out too so yeah we're here for you well uh thank you and and as armin said don't feel free to reach out to any one of us 
for if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you have any thoughts, comments, or you just want to learn a little bit more about what's going on and, and why essentially we are the way we are, uh, don't forget to <laughs> follow us on our socials, uh, on IG, Twitter. Uh, we have a YouTube channel now where we will be uploading our podcast episodes, uh, Football Gantron. You can search that up and drop a subscribe uh, onto that one. We're brainstorming content there, uh, so we'll get back <laughs> to that one shortly. Um, and as the tradition that Onmen started in the last episode continues, uh, today's outro song uh, is going to be Holy Mountains by System of a Down, uh, a rock-slash-metal group uh, comprised of Armenians. They are very proud Armenian diasporans from here in Los Angeles, and they have always been, and of course, Serge Tankian, the lead singer, has been mm. an incredibly vocal person when it comes to the Armenian genocide. He, they have done uh, a full documentary that is actually available on YouTube uh, that you can watch. Uh, the name is escaping me at the moment right now. Um, oh, Screamers, wasn't it? Screamers, there you go. Thank you. Uh, Screamers, oh, look Screamers up on YouTube. And it's a documentary on the Armenian genocide, and it's very well done. And you, sh- I highly encourage you go watch it. And is it the on song, YouTube? It is. The whole thing's uploaded on YouTube. That's amazing. Yeah, and the song Holy Mountains is uh, is a very haunting and personal song for every Armenian person because it is it, talking about the haunt, essentially the haunting mount, haunted mountains of and holy mountains of the Caucasus where millions of Armenian sorry, souls sorry, were unfortunately taken away. Yeah, the mountains of the Armenian highland. Uh, the Armenian Highlands. Different, yeah, two different things. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> are, you know what? I feel free to correct me anytime because I'm wrong a lot. Well, <laughs> Chad and Armin. What a meaningful song, man. I love it. It is. I love it. It is. Uh, thank you guys for joining today. Uh, we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming from here on out, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, this has been Football Gensman on behalf of Chad and Armin and myself. Thank you for listening. And um, thank you for just being here and thank you for supporting us and thank you for uh, being interested in Armenian football enough to listen to what we do because you learning more about Armenians, learning more about Armenian football is what helps us keep our identity and helps us continue to grow, persevere and prosper as peoples. Well, enjoy Holy Mountains by System of a Down and we will see you guys next time. Peace.